Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Joe McNabb, Johnny. Try Eastern Indemnity. Oh, hi, Joe. What's up? The star of Cape Town. Star of Cape Town. Constellation, celebrity, or ship? Wrong three times. The star of Cape Town is a diamond about the size of a jumbo olive. Oh, sounds like it'd make a nice ornament for a martini. Except I'm strictly a lemon peel man. Oh, this is serious, Johnny. I'd like you to take a look at it. Now, what's so interesting about it, except it's probably worth $100,000? Make it 150 That's what we've insured it for. Oh? Got quite a history to it. Three men we know of have been killed over it in the last 50 years. This stone I'd like to see. Where is it? Name of the stone, Johnny. Star of Cape... Hey, wait a minute. In Cape Town, South Africa? That's right. Interested? I'll be right over. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates Home Office. Following is an accounting of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Star of Cape Town matter. Expense account item one, $1.50 cab fare from my apartment at the office of Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates. Joe McNabb was waiting for me. Sit down, Johnny. Thanks. So what about the star of Cape Town? Sounds interesting. You're interested, we're worried. What about? Ever hear of Andrew Lanning Forbes III? Forbes, Forbes. Seems to me I've seen his picture in the papers a couple of times. International playboy type, isn't he? That's the one. He owns the star of Cape Town now, inherited the stone after the recent death of his aunt. So? Johnny, like I told you, we've got that diamond insured for 150000 bucks. But Forbes treats it like it was a 10-cent store hunk of costume jewelry. What do you mean? He carts it from place to place wherever he goes. Paris, Rome, the Riviera, you name it, he's been there. And so has the star of Cape Town. Ooh, you mean that Oh, this... he keeps it in hotels, safe, stuff like that, but that isn't good enough. We want him to put it in permanent custody somewhere. Yeah, I see your point. But he won't seem to listen to reason. And right now, it's a particularly bad period for us. How come? Forbes seems to be in one of his party-giving moods. He has them every once in a while. About three weeks at a time, a big party every night wherever he happens to be. Then he quiets down for a month or two. Yeah, probably resting up. But how, uh, how come he's in Cape Town now? Who knows? Who knows why he goes anywhere he does? Oh, brother, sounds like a real character. Yeah, but what we want you to do is to talk him out of being a character long enough to put that diamond in a safe place and to keep an eye on it until he does. We got a plane reservation for you tonight at midnight. Tonight? Now, just a minute. Now, look, if it's the money you're worried about, don't be. This means a lot to us. We're willing to pay accordingly. Joe, you may not believe this, but I wasn't thinking about the money. Then what? Those three men who got killed over that diamond. You told me about them over the phone. Oh, that. Look, the diamond's 50 years old. Those three killings were 20, 30 years ago. Just the same. Three is always a crowd. And I wouldn't like to see it increase by one. Expense account item 2, 360, cab fare to my apartment to pack and then to the airport. 
where Joe McNabb met me and told me three tired jokes in two minutes in a very subtle attempt to keep my mind off the three dead men as he gently steered me to the plane. Item three, plane fare to Cape Town, South Africa. The plane came in over Cape Town in the early afternoon. Off to one side toward the famous Devil's Peak and down below, the bay glittered like... Yeah, it looked like everything was trying to remind me of that diamond. As if I could forget a stone worthy of 150,000 in the lives of three people. Item five, cab fare to the residence of Andrew Lanning Forbes III. He'd rented a mansion on the side of a hill. I was ushered onto a terrace overlooking the city and the bay. Forbes was waiting for me with a drink in his hand. He was a thin-faced, elegant, tired-looking character whose deep tan didn't hide the lines on his face. He could have been anywhere from 35 to 50. May I offer you a drink, Dollar? Well, uh, a little early in the afternoon, isn't it? Oh, is it? It might cool you off. Okay, thanks. Say, it's uh, quite a place you have up here. Uh, it's adequate. <laughs> you seem amused. Well, there must be 15, 16 rooms at least. Roughly. Adequate seems kind of like an understatement. Quite possibly. Here you are. Ah, thanks. Look, Dollar, it was very thoughtful of the insurance company to send you all the way down here, but also it was... Well, uh, wouldn't unnecessary be the word? Well, that depends, Mr. Forbes. <laughs> what do you mean? The company I represent is pretty jittery over that diamond of yours, the star of Cape Town. Mm -hmm. Would you like to see it? Well, yes, but I think we ought to... Yeah, here it is. You carry it around in your pocket? Why not? I have no holes in my pockets. Oh, now, look, Forbes. But no, 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 I'm, I'm really not as bad as that, Dollar. I, I was expecting you, so I thought I'd play a little joke on you. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Forbes, that kind of humor shortens my life. Yeah, well, I suppose it was a bit cruel. Well, there it is. What do you think of it? McNabb said it was the size of a jumbo olive. Looks more like a golf ball to me. Quite vulgar, isn't it? Oh, what a cutting job they did on it. Whew, beautiful. There must be a thousand facets. Yeah, all of them glittering, all of them cold, all of them surface. <laughs> Rather like life, don't you think? Um, look, Mr. Forbes, if you don't mind, let's skip the philosophy for a minute and talk about the diamond. Oh, of course. You're still concerned about his safety. Well, perhaps this will reassure you. Will you come with me? Sure. This way. I have a very efficient wall safe in my bedroom. In here. So, you see, I do take precautions. Here we are. There. Are you reassured now? No. Your bedroom opens off the terrace. It'll be too easy for somebody to get it that safe. Very well, Mr. Dollar. After tonight, I shall place the diamond in a bank vault. That's the best news I've had all day. Yes. Tonight's party will be my last for a while. Party? For Agatha. Who's Agatha? Oh, she's my elder sister. She's on a world tour arriving here in Cape Town later this afternoon. I'm going to surprise her. Hey, wait a minute. You came all the way here to Cape Town to throw a surprise party for your sister? Well, I wasn't doing anything else at the moment. <laughs> Why not? Well, I can think of a couple of reasons, but uh, they probably wouldn't sound convincing to you. Probably not. Although they probably would sound convincing to Agatha. Oh? Yeah, she and I are quite different. Half the time she worries about me, and the other, other half the time she disapproves of me. She considers it quite beneath the dignity of the Forbes name for me to go popping around from place to place like this. I see. Uh, she's quite devoted to the cause of the Forbes name. To make sure it keeps standing for, 
Well, whatever it's supposed to stand for. I was never quite sure myself. So you're giving her a surprise party tonight. Will she like the idea? Probably not. That's what makes it fun. Oh, by the way, would you like to come? <laughs> well, under the circumstances, I think I'd better. I, um, I wonder if I could have a guest list. A guest list? Oh, good heavens. You mean you don't have one? Well, of course not. I just invite people here and there and wait to see who turns up. Then you don't have any idea who all's coming? Absolutely not. Donna, that's the only thing that makes these parties worthwhile. Oh, great. A character with a quaint habit of carrying his diamond in his pocket, throwing a party where he didn't know who was coming. This was a situation not calculated to help my peace of mind, believe me. Forbes had his driver take me back to town. I stopped along the way at police headquarters and talked to Lieutenant Van Tyle, who agreed to furnish a man to help me keep an eye on the party. Expense account item six, cab fare back out to Forbes' house that evening for the party. That evening for the party. I thought I was getting there early, but there were already quite a few people about. A stocky bartender shoved a drink in my hand as I walked in, and I took a look around. Quite a brawl. Then I spotted a girl with honey-colored hair and a green dress that matched her eyes. Well, it was as good a place to start as any. Hi. Hi. My name's Johnny. I know. Oh. I'm Sheila. You a friend of Forbes? My, you are new around here, aren't you? What do you mean? You'll find me at most of Andy's parties. He arranges my transportation. Let's see. Do you? What's your excuse for being here in this gay, mad throng? You an old friend, too? Uh, matter of fact, no. I just met him this afternoon, and he invited me to come. That's par for the course. Oh, here you are. Oh, Forbes. I'm glad you two have gotten acquainted. Enjoying yourself, Sheila? Delirious. <laughs> Isn't she wonderful, Johnny? She's always so gracefully bored. You see, Johnny, I perform quite a useful function around here. I'm always good for laughs. Uh, yeah. Well, um... Is your sister enjoying the party, Forbes? Agatha? Why, of course not. <laughs> haven't you met her yet, John? No, no, I haven't. Oh, she's over by the window. The thin, aristocratic, tired-looking lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Well, that's her look of disdain. She thoroughly disapproves of this whole party, and of me, of course. And of me. <laughs> Come along, Johnny. I'd like you to meet Agatha. Uh oh you're taking a chance. She'd probably disapprove of me, too. Oh, no, no. You look like the respectable type. Thanks. I guess. <laughs> she'd thoroughly approve. Oh, I seem to have another guest arriving. Would you two excuse me? I'll introduce you to Agatha later, Johnny. Yeah, sure. The perfect host, when he wants to be. Oh. Who's the new arrival? Her name is Helen. Andy met her a day or two ago. Well, I'll say this for her. Yes. Isn't she? <laughs> Sorry. Don't be. I'm used to it. You know something, Sheila? I don't get you. Oh, I'm not so hard to figure out, Johnny. I think you are. You don't like these parties any more than Agatha. Oh, now watch it, Johnny. You start comparing me to her, and she's going to disapprove of you. Okay, but I still don't get it. You don't like the parties or Forbes' other friends, yet you keep... Tagging along. Yeah, I've got a perfect attendance record. Why? Well, I guess there's one obvious reason, but that would sound real corny. Maybe not. So let's just say that after you've been riding the merry-go-round long enough, standing on solid ground doesn't seem normal. Oh. Well... Maybe if you keep riding that merry-go-round, you'll grab the brass ring someday. Don't bet on it. Sheila drifted over to the bar, where she sat quietly drinking the rest of the evening. I somehow felt sorry for her, but I knew she'd bought her own ticket to the merry-go-round, at least for the first ride. 
I looked over at Forbes and started sweating. He was showing the diamond off to the party. But before I could get to him, Agatha did. She must have told him, in dignified but firm tones, to put the ice on ice. He laughed and took it back to his room, so I relaxed. The party dragged on. Agatha managed to look frigidly pained the rest of the evening, but Forbes was obviously enjoying himself with Helen. They danced, then went out on the terrace. Sheila turned her back and concentrated on her drink. Finally, I went over to the bar. Sorry, Johnny. Looks like the bartender's gone home. That's probably a good idea. Good night. She headed carefully for the door and went out. Then I realized I hadn't seen Forbes for 10 or 15 minutes. I went out on the terrace. Nobody in sight. I walked to Forbes' bedroom door. Mr. Forbes? Forbes? No answer. One lamp was lit. Forbes was on the floor. The knife had gone in low under his ribs. He probably hadn't made a sound. Nearby was the case in which he'd kept the star of Cape Town. It was open and empty. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, a girl who is exciting, beautiful, and deadly. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Lieutenant Van Tyle of the Cape Town Police, Mr. Dollar. Oh, yeah, Lieutenant. I've been trying to get you. Anything new on the Forbes murder? I'm afraid not. How about the diamond? It's still missing. Oh, so far we're batting zero. Any suspects? Oh, yes, indeed. Who is it? Not it, Mr. Dollar. They. What do you mean, Lieutenant? How many guests would you say were at Andrew Forbes' party last evening? Um, Sixty. Then we have 60 suspects. Oh, great. Tonight, 
And every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Cape Town, South Africa, to the Home Office Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates. Assignment, the star of Cape Town Matter. Expense account continued. Item 7, cab fare for my hotel to police headquarters. So far in this job, I'd been a big, brilliant nothing. I figured Lieutenant Van Tile of the Cape Town Police might be able to supply a few answers. But as it turned out, all he had on his mind was questions. Now, Mr. Dollar, suppose you sit down and explain your connection with this affair. Sure, Lieutenant. I can make it short, if not sweet. Andrew Forbes was an international playboy. I am well aware of that. Cape Town has entertained Mr. Forbes before, or vice versa. Well, then you probably also know that he recently inherited a very large diamond known as the Star of Cape Town. Yes. The company I represent was carrying the insurance on that stone, $150,000. They didn't like the way Forbes was flashing it around. They thought he was a bit too careless with it. I was trying to talk him into using a little common sense. And that is why you came here to Cape Town. Yeah, but it looks like I've struck out. Struck Forbes out. is dead and the diamond's gone. You were at the party from some time before Forbes' murder until afterwards, hmm? That's right. You stayed in the main room the entire time? Well, yeah. Oh, now look, Lieutenant, I'd hardly fly all the way here to bump off a guy Just that's... questions, Mr. Dollar, just questions. Yeah, but what I need right now is answers. As do I. These other guests at Forbes' party, did you know any of them? No. Well, I met a girlfriend of his named Sheila, and a couple other people were pointed out to me. Who were they? Oh, Forbes' older sister, Agatha, for one. A real aristocratic type. You can cross her off your list. Oh? Yeah, she disapproved of Forbes, all right, but not to the extent of sticking a knife in him, I'm pretty sure. It would have been beneath her dignity, if nothing else. Besides, she didn't leave the main room during the party, either. Then there was Helen. Helen who? Well, I never did find out her last name. She arrived at the party late, and Forbes seemed to zero in on her right away. Zero in? I mean, he spent the rest of the evening with her. They danced for a while, then they went out on the terrace and... Come to think of it... I never did see her come back inside. And I didn't see Forbes again either until I went to his room and found him dead. I see. We shall try to find this Helen. Can you describe her? Well, I didn't get nearly as close a look as I'd have liked to. Oh? Yeah, from what I could see, a real doll, Lieutenant. Dark hair, turn-up nose, fine complexion. Uh, Mr. Dollar, we need an objective description, not an appreciation. <laughs> well, at the time, I was more interested in her as a prospect than a suspect. I see. And you say you knew none of the other guests. That's right. We've been unable to find any sort of guest list. Oh, don't waste your time looking. There isn't any. No? Yeah, Forbes explained that he had a charming habit of inviting whoever he ran into. He said that half of the fun was in seeing who turned up. Well, that rather complicates matters, doesn't it? It sure does. Mr. Dollar, diamond thefts are not unknown to us here in Cape Town. No, I imagine not. Here are some photos of known jewel thieves. Mm, mug shots, huh? Please see if you recognize any of these people as having been at the party. Well, it would be a little hard to remember. You know, people were drifting in and out all evening, and it was... Wait a minute. Who's this guy? 
That is Julio Biak, a jewel thief. Do you recognize him? Starkey guy. Sort of looks familiar, but I can't seem to place him. Could he have been at the party? Oh, it's possible, but I can't be sure. Perhaps it will come to you later. I hope something comes to me sooner or later. That diamond, for instance. But at this point, I had to admit it didn't look very likely. One murder, 60 suspects. You get better odds than that on a roulette wheel. I left headquarters and decided to walk around a little, see if I could coax up some kind of ideas to my next step. I went down to the waterfront and looked around. Nice view, no ideas. Then, as I was walking along a narrow, deserted street, I realized I had company. The shadow from the top of the building next to me ran along the middle of the street, and I could see a silhouette. I stopped. So did the shadow on top of the building. I started up again. So did the shadow. I started edging out away from the sidewalk for a look. The shadow raised its arms suddenly, and I ducked. A large building tile crashed to the sidewalk right where I'd been a second ago. I jumped for a rickety fire escape over my head and scrambled up to the roof. Nobody in sight, and roofs stretching out in all directions, warehouses, loading sheds. Whoever it was could have been a block away by now. Pretty ironic. Somebody trying to take me out of the ball game when I didn't even know which team had the ball. I went back to my hotel room. Two steps inside, I stopped cold. I'd caught a whiff of what smelled like a pretty expensive perfume. It certainly wasn't my shaving lotion. Hello, Johnny. Wow. Sheila. Yeah. Yeah, I remember now. You were wearing that perfume at the party last night. I've been waiting for you. Let's talk. Uh-huh. Any particular subject? Last night. What happened, oh, Johnny? Oh, give me that. You were there, too. You remember. I left before it happened, I think. What do you mean, you think? I guess I had a few too many last night. I don't remember some of it. No? You were making pretty good sense when I was talking to you. Well, after that, I mean. And you were with it enough to react when Forbes and Helen went out on the terrace together. Don't, Johnny. Did you do it? Oh, well, now, that's a switch. I'm not kidding, Johnny. You went to his room... There's and... only one way you'd know that, Sheila. You were outside somewhere watching... Yes. After I left, I went around and back. And? Pretty soon, Helen came out of his room. She was carrying something. Oh, what? Don't worry, it wasn't the diamond. I was close enough to see it. Even if I hadn't been, I guess I'd have known. What do you mean? It was a small bottle of perfume. That was always the first step. Perfume. And always the same kind. Oh. That kind you're wearing? Yes. It's got a great name. Forever. What happened then? I walked around the garden a few minutes, trying to decide whether to have it out with Andy once and for all. I started back toward the terrace, then I saw you heading for his room, so I left. I said, don't, Johnny. If I'd done it, would I have told you I was out in the garden? You would if you were afraid somebody would seen you there and would tell me about it. Oh? And I suppose you figured out a motive for me, too. A couple of possibilities. You told me you'd been on a merry-go-round with Forbes for a long time. Maybe you couldn't stand the thought of anyone else getting aboard. Helen? That sort of thing's happened before, Johnny. Or maybe you figured the only way to get off that merry-go-round was to get rid of the guy who ran it. And the diamond. <laughs> that could buy you a lot of rides somewhere else. And I thought I was the cynic. You really have a nice opinion of people, haven't you? I'm afraid most of the people I get myself involved with on these jobs aren't very nice, you know. I didn't do it. All right, if you didn't, I'm sure Lieutenant Van Tyle will find out. I know. I'm on my way there now. 
Oh. He phoned me an hour ago. I thought I'd stop by and talk to you before I went. Johnny, you don't really think I could do a thing like that, do you? I guess not, Sheila. One thing I am interested in, though. What's that? You're finally off the merry-go-round. How does it feel? She walked out of the room looking, well, empty is the best word I can think of. And I kept wondering what she'd been like before the merry-go-round. The rest of the day I spent composing soothing cablegrams in reply to angry ones from McNabb of Tri-Eastern Indemnity. The inquest was the following morning, but the verdict was no help. Death at the hands of person or persons unknown. Lieutenant Van Tyle told me that Forbes' sister, Agatha, had decided to shove off that afternoon on the Southern Empress. So I went down to the dock and aboard ship an hour before sailing, hoping I could get in a word with her. Farewell parties were clogging the lounges and the passageways. I waited outside Agatha Forbes' stateroom until she arrived. Miss Forbes? What? Oh, Mr. Dollar, isn't it? Yes, I didn't have a chance to meet you at your brother's party last night. He told me about you. It's too bad you weren't able to persuade him to put that that diamond into safety sooner. Miss Forbes, I wonder if you'd answer a few questions about... I'm very sorry, Mr. Dollar. I am completely exhausted. I don't wish to talk about it. But there are certain... I made my statement to the police. There's nothing further to add. About the diamond, There's however... There's been too much publicity about the entire tragedy as it is. I have no wish to add to it. I'm very sorry, Mr. Dollar. I shall be in New York in a month or so. Perhaps I shall have recovered from the experience sufficiently by then to talk about it intelligently. Only trouble is, by then the diamond could be in Timbuktu or... See you later, Miss Forbes. What snapped me into action was a glimpse of a girl at the end of the passageway just entering the lounge. I couldn't be sure, but it looked like Helen. By the time I reached the lounge, she was nowhere in sight. Then I saw another familiar face over in one corner. The mugshot I'd seen at police headquarters, Julio Biak, jewel thief. And now I had him pegged. He'd been the stocky bartender at Forbes' party, the guy who disappeared just before the murder. He spotted me and ducked into a passageway. I went after him. He turned a corner, and that was his mistake, blind alley. So I closed in on him. We circled. Now, I was at the blind end, and that was my mistake, because suddenly there was a knife in his hand. He held it low like an expert. Now, Mr. Dollar. Oh, you must have a trunk full of knives, Julio. Oh, I need this one. Just like the one you slipped into Forbes, huh? And you! He lunged at me. I ducked to one side and kicked at the knife. He whirled and dove, but now I had it. I'm glad you had him sent ashore and locked up, Mr. Dollar. It may be you have found our killer. But not the diamond, Lieutenant. It was not on him, eh? Nowhere. And that can mean just one thing. Either Julio was working with somebody who's sailing on the Southern Empress, or he's after somebody aboard who has the diamond. In that case, Mr. Dollar... In that case, the Southern Empress is going to have another passenger, me. I checked with a purser who agreed to squeeze me aboard. Then I headed back to my hotel room to pick up my luggage. I could still smell Sheila's perfume in the room. Then as I bent over to lock my suitcase, I spotted a movement out of the corner of my eye. I tried to whirl, but too late. Something hard connected to the back of my left ear, and I went down. And out. I don't know how long it was before I came to. The room was swimming, but I managed to get to the window and looked out. Then I realized somebody had voted me the man they'd least like to take a cruise with. The Southern Empress was underway and steaming out of the harbor.
Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, I take a trip, all right. A one-way trip. Join us, won't you? Yours truly? Johnny Dollar. Lieutenant Van Dyle of the Cape Town Police. I was just going to call you, Lieutenant. Something the matter? You sound very strange. Probably from nursing a lump on my head that had put the star of Cape Town to shame. I don't understand. You found the diamond? No. To put it politely, somebody slugged me here in my room a while ago. Why? To keep me from sailing on the Southern Empress. She just shoved off, and I've got a strong hunch that diamond is aboard. That bears out what we've learned from Julio Biak. Did he confess to forced murder? No, but we're fairly certain he's involved. However, he swears he does not have the diamond. Either he passed it to somebody aboard the Southern Empress, or he was chasing whoever's got it. Lieutenant, I've got to get on that ship. You say it is now underway? And out of the harbor. You wouldn't happen to have a stray helicopter around, would you? I can make arrangements for one with the military. Can you be at the airfield in 15 minutes? Make it 10. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Cape Town, South Africa, to the Home Office Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates. Assignment, the star of Cape Town Matter. Expense account continued. Item 8, cab fare to the airfield where the helicopter was waiting for me. I don't know which was throbbing the most, the helicopter engine or my head. On the way out to sea, I had time to try to put the pieces together. But as usual, they didn't fit. A playboy named Andrew Forbes inherits a diamond called the Star of Cape Town worth 150 Gs. The insurance company gets fidgety at the way Forbes is flashing the stone around. So they send me to Cape Town to talk some sense to him. But now Forbes is dead and the diamond is missing. And the fact that his probable killer was picked up aboard the Southern Empress before it shoved off convinces me the stone is somewhere on that ship. But I've got no proof, even though I'm breaking my neck to get there at the moment. We picked up the Southern Empress about 20 miles out at sea, and the helicopter pilot set me down on deck at the stern. A crowd of passengers had gathered, but I didn't see Forbes' sister Agatha, nor Helen, the girl who'd spent so much time with him the night he was killed. I got me a room, then headed for Agatha Forbes' stateroom. As I stood at the door, I caught a whiff of Forbes' favorite perfume, Forever, the kind Sheila had worn. Yes, what? Wow. It's Helen, isn't it? I don't think we've met, Mr. Dollar, Johnny Dollar. No, no, we haven't met officially, but we were both at Forbes' party the other night. You wish to speak with Miss Forbes? And you too, Helen. Who is it, Helen? Uh, Mr. Dollar, I'll be in my stateroom if you want me, Miss Forbes. Well, Very well, my dear. Uh, just a minute, Helen, I... Hmm. Well, Mr. Dollar, I must say you are a persistent person. On my job, I have to be, Miss Forbes. Well, as long as you're here, you might as well sit down. Thanks. I still would rather not talk about what's happened. I can certainly understand that. But if I can throw any light on it, which I doubt very much, then I suppose it's my duty to. One thing I must ask, however... What is it? That there be as little additional publicity as possible. Forbes' name has been dragged through the dirt enough as it is. I'll do my best. Very well. What is it you want to know? Well, several things. 
First, do you think your brother could have been killed for a motive other than the diamond? Why, I hadn't thought of that. After all, you must admit that a diamond like the Star of Cape Town would be motive enough to the kind of people my brother thought it amusing to consort with. Yeah, you're probably right. But I'm trying to cover all the possibilities. How about your brother's friend Sheila, for instance? I prefer not to discuss her. But do you think she could have done it? I don't know. I'm afraid I wouldn't put anything past her. All right, another thing, Miss Forbes. I was pretty surprised to find Helen here in your stateroom when I knocked. Why? I didn't know you knew her. I have engaged Helen as my traveling companion. Oh. Kind of sudden, wasn't it? As a matter of fact, it was. My brother had told me about her. For one of the few times in his life, he was right about someone. She's a thoroughly nice person. So you hired her? I think I told you before how exhausted I am by all this. I needed someone to make arrangements for me. The last moment she decided to make the trip, and I was delighted. Uh-huh. She made up her mind at the last moment, huh? May I ask why all these questions about her? Well, right now, she's pretty high on my list of possible... That's impossible. As far as we know, she was the last person to see your brother alive. And I refuse to believe she could possibly be involved. I hope she isn't. But I've got to run down every lead I can get. About her? Well, right now, she's pretty high on my list of possible... That's impossible. As far as we know, she was the last person to see your brother alive. And I refuse to believe she could possibly be involved. I hope she isn't. But I've got to run down every lead I can get. If I don't recover the star of Cape Town, the company I represent is on the hook for $150,000. I have not filed a claim as yet, Mr. Dollar. Nor do I propose to until we reach New York. I shall give you every opportunity to recover the diamond. I appreciate that, Miss Forbes. But I'm afraid it still doesn't leave me much time. I went back to my stateroom. The door was open. But I was sure I'd closed it when I left. Inside was the same lingering smell of the same lingering perfume. Forbes' favorite forever. Sheila wore it. But as far as I knew, she was still in Cape Town. Then I remembered her saying that Forbes had given Helen a bottle of it. I also remembered smelling it in my Cape Town hotel room just before I got slugged. I thought then it was a carryover from Sheila's earlier visit. Now I wasn't sure. I started back out of my stateroom just in time to collide with somebody in the passageway. Oh, sorry. Whoa. Say, partner, you sure took the wind out of my sails. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know anyone was out here. Oh, I just passing by, partner. Stacy's the name. Ben Stacy. What's yours? Uh, dollar. On the level? Yeah, cross my heart. Well, when I tell people I bumped into a guy named Dollar aboard a boat, I'll mean it, huh? <laughs> See you around, partner. So he could have been just passing by, like he said. But if so, he moved awfully quietly for a guy his size. I locked my door and headed for the bar. Expense account item 9150, a double martini, which occupied me just long enough to get a couple of things nailed down in my mind. Namely, open stateroom doors and the smell of perfume. Ah, it had to be Helen. No two ways about it. At this point in my brilliant chain of deductions, I made a big mistake. I looked down toward the other end of the bar. And the person I saw sitting there made me realize in one big hurry that my train of thought had just gotten itself derailed. Hello, Sheila. Hi, Johnny. I thought you were back in Cape Town. Why should I be? What's to stay for now? Good question. But you didn't tell me you were leaving. You didn't ask me. Sit down. You must have decided in a hurry. That's the only way I ever decide anything. Oh? Well, you picked an interesting boat to sail on. 
I suppose you know Helen's aboard. Small boat, isn't it? Oh, look, Sheila, suppose we drop the flip chatter, huh? Okay, Johnny. What do you want me to tell you? That I hate Helen for taking Andy Forbes away from me? Okay, I do. It's happened before, but Andy always came back. What hurts this time is that he was killed before he had a chance to. Sheila... Don't worry. I'll keep out of her way. I won't make any trouble. And, Johnny, do me a favor. What is it? Let's just forget I'm on board. I'd kind of like a decent chance to forget a few things, if I can. Okay. Uh, just one thing, Sheila. Yeah? Were you in my room a few minutes ago? No. On the level? Sure, why? Let's skip it. See you later. Okay. I hope you find your diamond. Thanks. I hope you find whatever you're looking for. You know what it is? No. I got news for you. Neither do I. Well, one thing was clear anyway. If Sheila hadn't been in my stateroom, then the perfume I'd smelled must have belonged to Helen. She seemed to be getting higher on my list all the time. I had to have a talk with her, but by the looks of things, that wasn't going to be easy. She was doing a pretty good job of avoiding me. About half an hour later, though, I spotted her topside in a deck chair with Agatha Forbes. Next to them was my old buddy from the wide open spaces. Why, some of the things we got out west, you just wouldn't believe. I am certain we wouldn't. I've never been there, but I... Oh. Hi, everybody. Well, sir, if it isn't Mr. Dollar herself. Now, I ask you ladies, if that isn't just about the most colorful name a fellow can have. Good afternoon, yes, Mr. Dollar. Hope you're a little more rested, Miss Forbes. Thank you, I am. And Helen, I'm glad Ms. to see you. Miss Forbes, I wonder if you'd excuse me. Why, certainly, my dear. I'm afraid I have a headache. Why don't you go lie down for a while? Thanks, I think I will. Well, now, this kind of a chilly reception, partner. Looks like a little lady doesn't like you much. Oh, well, you can't win them all. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm sure Helen's simply tired, Mr. Dollar. Mr. Stacy here tells me he was quite a good friend of my brother's. Oh? Why, sure, partner. Andy Forbes and I was the best of buddies. Well, I didn't see you at his party the other night. Well, he asked me, of course, but I just couldn't make it. I tell you, though, dogged if I wouldn't have been there if I'd have known it was going to be old Andy's last party. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. That's all right. Um, uh, how long had you known Forbes, Mr. Stacy? Years, Dollar, years. Old Andy and me was always bumping into each other in the darndest places. Cairo, Paris, Copenhagen. I tell you, it was always a barrel of laughs when we got together. I'll bet. Why, I'll never forget one night in little old Descar. We, say, we're going to be in Descar in a couple of days, aren't we? I believe so. Oh, yeah. I suppose everybody will be going ashore for You bet! Well, you don't want to miss Descar. Why, I can show you some places you just wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I tell you what, why don't we get up a little party Mr. and... Mr. Stacy, it sounds very pleasant, but I'm afraid you'll have to excuse me. I'm not quite in the mood for sightseeing. Oh, I understand. Sure enough, Miss Forbes. Well, Dollar, how about you? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, anybody care to join me for a walk around the deck? No, thanks. I gotta keep up my appetite, you know. See you later. But don't you forget about Descar. It'll be a ball. Yeah, it'll be a barrel of fun. Miss Forbes. Yes? Did your brother ever mention this character, Stacy, to you? No. Of course, Andrew had many strange friends that he didn't mention to me. 
This time the door was closed and there was no odor of perfume. But when I went in, I saw that I'd had a visitor again, and this time he or she had been much more thorough. The room was torn apart from one end to the other. I sat down, tired and beat. I, I thought of that building tile somebody tried to drop on me in Cape Town and the bang on the head I'd collected in my hotel room. I knew that whoever I was after was also after me. And now it looked like a third party was involved. Whoever had torn up my room must have figured I might have the diamond. Sheila, Helen, Stacy, it could be any of them. Or even worse, it could be somebody I didn't even know about. But one thing was sure, I was no closer to that king-sized diamond. Pretty soon we'd be getting to Dakar, and once everybody had the chance to get ashore, my chances of getting the diamond back were practically zero. I had a strong and sickening hunch that Dakar could be the end of the trail for me, and I didn't like it. Here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, my one good lead jumps ship the hard way. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is the purser, Mr. Dollar. Oh, I was just about to call you. Oh? Better send a steward to my stateroom to put it back together. What happened? Somebody just tore it apart. But why? Oh, looking for something, I guess. The diamond? But why would they think you'd have it? Well, somebody's got me pegged wrong. Well, what's on your mind? A cablegram was sent to Cape Town about an hour ago addressed to Julio Biak. Julio? Yes, isn't he the man who's being held on suspicion of murdering Andrew Forbes? Yeah, but the news hasn't been released, and obviously whoever sent the cablegram isn't aware of it. What did it say? Contact me, usual place, Dakar. Who signed it? Well, the name was Corner. I checked the passenger list, but there's no such name. A steward delivered the message to the radio room. I've sent for him. He should be able to tell us who sent it. Nice work, purser. Could be you just helped me wind up this case. <laughs> Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location at sea, en route Cape Town to Dakar, to the Home Office Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates. Assignment, the star of Cape Town Matter. Expense account continued. Item 10, $10, a token of appreciation to the purser for furnishing me the one good lead I've had in this deal. A cablegram to Julio Biak, who is being held in Cape Town right now as Andrew Forbes' probable killer. But Forbes' diamond, the star of Cape Town, $150,000 worth, was still missing. The cablegram indicated that Julio hadn't been working alone on the deal. Whoever sent it was aboard ship and either had the diamond or was looking for it. Before long, I'd know who that someone was. I started for the purser's office. Mr. Dollar. Huh? Oh, Helen. I'd like to talk to you. Oh, no, that's a switch. What do you mean? Ever since I got aboard this ship, I've been trying to talk to you, but you weren't having any. I don't know what this is all about, but you've gone too far, Mr. Dollar. Come again? Don't try to pretend. When I found my room all torn up just now, I realized... Oh, hey, that... wait a minute. Your room's been torn up, too? What do you mean by two? Mine got the same treatment a while ago. I don't understand. I thought it was you who... Look, Helen, I think you and I had better have a little talk right now. I steered it to the bar. Expense account item 11, $5, drinks. I still couldn't figure out which team she was playing on, but I had to find out, and this was the best way I could think of. May I have a cigarette, please? Oh, sure. Here. Thanks. I've been so confused, Mr. Dollar. Johnny. Johnny. Confused about what, Helen? Everything. It's all happened so fast. And then when I realized that somebody was watching me and following me... Look, I think you'd better start from the top. I suppose so. Maybe it'll make sense to you. I hadn't really known Andy Forbes very long. Longer than I had. That party he gave, it was so strange. All those people I didn't know. I mean, well, I guess it took me a little while to realize he was interested in quite a few people. Sheila? I feel sorry for Sheila. I guess she's pretty bitter about everything. But I didn't do anything to encourage Andy, and I didn't realize he was serious about me until the night of the party. And then he told me he was. And he gave me... A, a bottle of very expensive perfume, forever. Oh, his usual gift? I'm afraid so. I don't care. He wanted me to have it, and it's lovely perfume. I liked Andy. He was completely irresponsible, but in his own strange way, he was nice. So? When they told me the next morning that he'd been killed during the night, I couldn't believe it. And then when the diamond was missing... Yeah? His attitude about the diamond was very strange. How do you mean? He seemed to regard it as a, an, an inexpensive trinket. He, he was so careless with it. Oh, you're telling me. That's why I was sent down to Cape Town, to try and talk him into being more sensible with it. But, Helen, you said something about being watched or followed. Yes. When I left Andy's house that night, I felt that somebody was watching me. Oh. And later I knew somebody had been in my hotel room and now my stateroom torn apart. What does it all mean? That's a good question. One more thing. Yes? You decided to make this trip rather suddenly, didn't you? I wanted to get away from Cape Town. Miss Forbes was kind enough to offer me a job as her traveling companion for the trip, so I took it. Do you like working for her? Yes. She's really a very nice person, perhaps a little on the dignified side. Yeah, she's... I'm pretty concerned over the Forbes name. Wouldn't you be, after all that's happened? Maybe. Oh, Johnny, I've got to be getting back and see if she needs anything, but thanks. For what? 
Talking to you has made me feel a lot better somehow. Good, good. It's uh, been a big help to me, too. How <laughs> so? Oh, makes things easier for tonight. They're having a dance. And I've been figuring how to go about asking you. Then if you don't mind, I'll go to my stateroom and change. Of course, Helen. See you tonight, Johnny. Right. Well, you two seem to be getting along pretty well now. Yeah, I guess so. I'm glad. I'm sure you realize by now that Helen couldn't possibly be involved in the murder or the diamond theft. I, uh, hope not. You are a very suspicious man, Mr. Dollar. It's part of my job, Miss Forbes. I still don't have any idea who's got your brother's diamond. And if I don't find out before we get to Dakar tomorrow, the chances are I never will. I don't see how you can be so sure the star of Cape Town is aboard this ship. I wasn't sure until today that cablegram convinced me. Cablegram? Yeah, it was addressed to Julio Biak in Cape Town. Biak? Isn't he the one who's under arrest back there? That's right. He was posing as a bartender at your brother's party. We think he's the killer. But apparently whoever sent him the cablegram was working with him and doesn't know he's been arrested. I hope you can clear it up, Mr. Dollar, so that all this publicity will die down. It's been terribly trying. Yes, I imagine it has. I know Helen's felt the strain, too. She's been so nervous lately. Oh, if... If what? No, oh, I was just thinking. If only Andrew had met someone like Helen sooner, perhaps none of this would have happened. Maybe not. Had I known she was coming to the party, I... Don't suppose I'd have tried to talk Andrew out of giving it. She's been the one bright ray in all of this. No, oh, if only. But regrets are so futile. She looked old and tired and lonely. Sure, maybe she was too worried about the dignity of the Forbes name, but well, I could see now it was about the only thing she'd had all these years. And with a brother who'd kept tossing the name around like a cheap toy, oh, I quit looking at the picture. It wasn't very pretty. Anyway, I had another picture in my mind. Helen. I couldn't quite figure her. Everything she told me could be the truth. Or it could be just one big lie. And there was something else bothering me about the whole deal. Something I couldn't quite put my finger on. A piece that didn't fit. A discord in the tune. But Helen kept pushing everything else out of my mind. And the feeling didn't change any that night. We danced. And then we went out on the deck. But all the while, one of my stock Confucianisms kept gnawing away at me. He who gets too interested in suspects is building up to king-size letdown. It's beautiful out here. Ah. The moon and the sea and the ship sliding low. It almost doesn't seem real. I know. I almost wish it could go on this way forever. No people, no places. <laughs> There's just one thing wrong, though. What? That routine doesn't work for very long. I know. Johnny. Hmm? Is there something wrong? Why? He seems so far away, so preoccupied. Oh, just uh, thinking about a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> That's not being very informative. I'm sorry, I... I guess I'm not feeling informative. It's okay. Sometimes talking isn't very important. 
You know, Johnny, the last few days have been a sort of nightmare for me. But tonight, everything seems so nice. Why would that be, Johnny? Maybe I could make a kiss. Maybe you could. Sorry, I'm not. Well, say oh. now, if you two don't look just like a picture postcard. Well, Mr. Stacy. Stacy. Yes, sir, I tell you, if they could put a picture of what I saw a second ago in all their travel folders, they'd double their business. <laughs> How nice for them. You want us to run through it again for the proper camera angle? Johnny. Oh, come on now, partner. Can't you take a little joshing? Oh, I'll try, partner. The reason I've been looking for you two, we get into day car in the morning. Yes, I know. And you can have a barrel of fun in that town. So you've told us. What do you say we set up a little party? I can show you some places you won't believe. It sounds like fun. How about a dollar? Yeah. You can count me in, Stacy. Good. I'll see you in the morning then, bright and early. He means well, Johnny. Uh, maybe. You don't sound very convinced. I don't know. Half of my job has always been sizing up people. Suddenly, I seem to have lost my touch. Meaning me? I uh, didn't say that. If it's any help in sizing me up, what happened a moment ago? I meant that, Johnny. Mr. Dollar. What? Oh. Oh, excuse me a minute. Sure. Be right back. Yeah, what is it, Percy? That steward I was telling you about, Mr. Dollar? The one who delivered the message for Cape Town to the radio room? Where is he? That's just it. I don't know. You what? I can't understand it. I've looked everywhere. I'm worried. That's not good. I was counting on him to tell me who sent that message to Julio Biak. Whoever did is probably working with Biak and could have the diamond. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Dollar. I'll keep looking and let you know the minute I find him. I turned back toward Helen, but she was nowhere in sight. I started along the deck to see if she... Oh! Oh, Johnny! What happened? What's the matter? I was walking along the deck. As I passed the lifeboat, somebody stepped out from behind it and grabbed at me. Who was it? I couldn't see. Well, come on, let's take a look. He ran away when I screamed. Oh, I see. So there I was again. Was she lying or telling the truth? I took her to a stateroom and told her to lock herself in for the night. Then I went back to deck and tried for the umpteenth time to put the pieces together. But I didn't have long. Suddenly everything was noise and confusion. Almost by the time I got to the stern, the ship was circling, lowering a boat. Twenty minutes later, they hoisted a body aboard. He was wearing a steward's uniform, and one look at the purser told me which steward it was. Yeah, my one good lead. Gone. Now, here's our star to tell you about the final episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, I finally figure out the deal, only to find that my opponent is holding all the aces. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood 
Written by Robert Reif. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Ben Stacy, partner. Oh, hi, Stacy. We'll be docking a day car in an hour or so now. Yeah, I know. Don't forget, I'm going to show you and Helen around the town. Okay, I'll be ready. Say, Dollar, that was a little excitement we had aboard ship last night, huh? That steward who fell overboard? That's putting it politely. Well, what do you mean? I think he got pushed. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location at sea on the Southern Empress, en route Cape Town to Dakar. To the Home Office Tri-Eastern Indemnity Associates. Assignment, the star of Cape Town Matter. Expense account concluded. <laughs> Item 12, 50 cents, room service on two aspirins. Right from the start, this whole deal had been a series of headaches. Headache one, Andrew Forbes, international playboy and owner of the star of Cape Town, insured for 150,000 bucks. Forbes was tossing that stone around like it was a cheap toy. He wound up murdered, the diamond missing. Forbes' probable killer, Julio Biak, was in a Cape Town jail at the moment, but his confederate was still on the loose. The steward who could have told me who the confederate was had been fished out of the drink dead last night. Now we were going ashore at Dakar, and whoever had that diamond could make it hard for me to find. It could be Stacy, the boy from the wide open spaces. It could be Helen, traveling companion to Agatha Forbes. And I knew if it did turn out to be Helen, it'd leave me kind of sick inside. Worst of all, it could be somebody I didn't even know about. Hence the aspirin. Stacy had asked us to meet him at the gangway at 10 o'clock, but he was nowhere in sight when I showed up. Pretty soon, Helen and Agatha Forbes came along. Good morning, Johnny. Hi, Helen. Miss Forbes. Good morning, Mr. Dollar. Helen just told me about what happened last night. Somebody trying to seize her on deck. How dreadful. Perhaps I shouldn't have told you, Miss Forbes. No, I... no, I'm glad you did. Anything happened during the night, Helen? No, I kept my stateroom door locked. Well, here you are. Sorry I'm late. I guess I overslept. You already? Already. Say, now, I'm mighty glad to see you with us, Miss Forbes. I was hoping you'd come. I won't be going with you. I'm going to stay aboard and rest. Oh, come on now, Miss Forbes. Do you good to let your hair down and frisk around a bit. 
really, Mr. Stacy, I assure you I don't feel like frisking around a bit. I'll see you when you get back. Say, now, I guess I put my foot in my mouth talking that way. Oh, well, I usually do anyway. It's sure big enough. <laughs> well, one thing I had to give Stacy credit for, he was a good guy. He threaded us through street after street in the native quarter of Dakar. Narrow passageways crowded with people in stalls where native hawkers were peddling all sorts of merchandise. This is fascinating, isn't it? Well, like I told you, Helen, Dakar's quite a place. I love it. I wonder if it isn't about time we started back to the ship. Say, just a minute, Helen. I think there's a shop around here you'd be interested in. Silks, perfume, stuff like that. You interested? Sure. Well, let me get my bearings a minute. You need more perfume? Johnny, does it bother you that I still wear this perfume Andy Forbes gave me? If it does, I won't. Yeah, yeah, the shop I had in mind is right down the street. Come on. Stacy led us to the shop. Helen began trying on dresses and robes. This I didn't like. If she had the diamond, this was a golden opportunity to pass it along. But there wasn't much I could do about it. Then all of a sudden, I realized that Stacy was nowhere in sight. I went outside and started along the street looking for him. Then I spotted a man following me, a native in a burnoose. So I ducked down the next alley to shake him, but he didn't shake. Then I noticed that this was a blind alley. The native was closing in, and what he had in his hand looked strangely like a knife. Suddenly, a door beside me opened. Come on in, Dollar. Stacy. I said, come on in. A gun in front of me, a knife behind me. I guess I don't have much choice. So, you had your stooge steer me here. I figured sooner or later you'd start looking for me, so I just thought I'd make it easy for you. Oh, thanks. Stick around, Hassan. I may need you. Very well. Hassan's a pretty effective persuader, Dollar. How jolly. So you're the boy I've been after, Stacy. Correction. You're the boy I've been after, Dollar. What are you talking about? A diamond called the Star of Cape Town. Let's have it. Oh, look, don't give me that routine. Forbes was knifed by your buddy Julio Biak in Cape Town. You killed the steward aboard ship to keep him from telling me it was you who sent the cablegram to Julio. Right, boy, Dollar. That should mean you've got the diamond. Smarten up, boy. You think I'd have arranged this little reception for you if I already had the stone? Wait a minute. You're the one who was doing all the room searching aboard ship? I'm the one. Now let's have it. I don't have it, Stacy, and I don't know where it is. Oh, you got a real sense of humor, Dollar. So has Hassan. Why don't you show him, Hassan? Very well. <coughs> oh! Hey, look, this isn't going to do you any good. It's not going to do your face any good either, Hassan. Hey, look, you... Don't try it, Dollar. I guarantee you'll get yourself shot. Now, look. So you're a nice, brave boy, but you're being foolish. It's no good trying to snow me. I got it all figured out. Just what have you got all figured out? It isn't in her stateroom. It isn't in yours. I searched them both again this morning before we came ashore. That's why I was late. You're but... talking about Helen. Who else? That's why I steered her to that shop to try on dresses. The little lady who owns it is a friend of mine. She'd have found the diamond if Helen was carrying Helen. it. Helen? Yeah, Helen. How do you know she had it? Process of elimination, buddy. She was the only one with Forbes before Julio got to him. I've been watching you and Helen like a hawk dollar. There's only one time she could have given you the stone. That was during that tender little clinch on deck last night, right under my nose. Right under? What's the matter, dollar? Uh, nothing. Yeah, what Stacy had just said popped the whole deal into place suddenly. Right under my nose. Right where it had been all the time. I tell you what, Dollar, you got just five minutes to tell me where that diamond is. Hassan will be here with you, and he's going to start persuading again if you don't talk. I had to get back to the ship somehow. That meant I'd have to do some fast talking. I looked at Hassan. 
I couldn't tell which was glittering more, his black eyes or the knife he held against my throat. One wrong word, and I knew he'd start carving. Hazan. What do you want? Um, you come from the desert, don't you? Why? You're a long way from home. Ever get homesick? What do you mean? Oh, I, I was just thinking, with half the money from that diamond, you could buy yourself an oasis with all the trimmings. Do not worry. Stacy will pay me well when we get the jewel. Well, what's he giving you for this job? Three goats and a new burnoose? Dollar. Hey, you're easy with that knife. It's just that everybody who works for Stacy seems to wind up getting paid off the wrong way. The wrong... Take Julio Biak for one. The guy Stacy hired to get the diamond in the first place. He's roosting in the Cape Town jail right now. You lie. Oh, no, you can check on it. Then there's the steward who sent Stacy's message to Biak. He got shoved overboard. You can check on that, too. But, uh, I'm sure a thing like that would never happen to you. Go on, Dollar. Okay. I know where the diamond is. How do I know I can trust you? You can come with me to get it. I don't know. I... At least he was thinking about it. And that's all I wanted. His eyes got that faraway look. That's what I was waiting for. I whipped my arm up and knocked his knife loose. I buried my fist in his midsection. He jackknifed. A rabbit punch finished him off. I dove for the wall just as Stacy came charging in. What the... I kicked the gun out of his hand. I went to work. Stacy was rugged, but I finally made it. I got the Dakar police to put Stacy and Azan on ice, patched up my face and headed back to the ship. But there was something else hurting me a lot more than my face. Helen. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Where have you been? I was... Your face, what happened? Skip it. I have to hand it to you, Helen. That was a real Class A snow job you pulled on me. What are you talking about? Yeah. It was right under my nose all the time. The perfume Forbes gave to you. Now, where's the bottle? Well, on my dressing table, Okay. But... Yeah, pretty fancy bottle. Solid base. Or maybe not so solid. Johnny! Uh-huh. In the base of the bottle. Star of Cape Town. I'll bet you're real surprised, aren't you? Johnny, I didn't know it was there. I didn't have any idea. I swear it. She's telling the truth, Mr. Dollar. Miss Forbes. Wow. Well, Agatha, that gun looks sort of out of character. Perhaps. I won't hesitate to use it if necessary. I don't understand. It was cruel of Andrew and me to use you like this, Helen, but we saw no other alternative. Wait a minute. You and your brother rigged this whole deal right from the beginning, didn't you? Sure. Sure, because you slipped yesterday, Agatha, when you told me you discussed your brother's party with him. But back in Cape Town, he told me it was a surprise party for you. Johnny, I still... Oh, it's simple, Helen. That bottle of perfume would have turned up missing when you got to New York. Agatha would have appropriated it. One big question, Agatha. Why all this? Have you any idea what it means to see somebody drag the family name through the dirt... Time after time with his wild escapades? And have you any idea what those escapades cost? Your brother was in debt, huh? Terribly. We were pressed to the wall. Oh, why didn't you sell the diamond? We were bound by the will not to. But arrangements were made with someone in New York. What we could get for the diamond, plus what we could collect from the insurance. It would be enough. Oh, nice little scheme. But you didn't figure on Julio Biak trying for the diamond in Cape Town and killing your brother in the process. No. First, I didn't know what to do. But it soon became clear that 
more than ever I had to go through with a plan. My brother's creditors began to make trouble right after his murder. The diamond, please. Oh, now look. Don't you get it, Agatha? You're licked. What do you mean? You've done all this to protect the Forbes name. Of course. You failed. The story's out. No. It's known only to the two of you. How are you going to keep us from talking? I'll do whatever is necessary. Bribe us? Kill us? Sorry, neither one's going to work. Mr. Dollar, do not force You're me... You're trapped, Agatha. By the same thing that got you into all this. The Forbes name. Are you going to brand it with murder? No. No, I don't think you are. I don't think you could. I don't... I, I don't know. Please, please, Mr. Dollar. I'll take the gun, Agatha. Thanks. Oh, Johnny. It's okay, Helen. I guess I... I have failed, haven't I? All the way. Expense account item 13, $375.50. Transportation and incidentals from Dakar home. Expense account total, $1,283.60. I turned the diamond over to the authorities for safekeeping and Agatha Forbes to face charges of fraud. Julio Biak and Ben Stacy were indicted for the murder of Andrew Forbes. Remarks about Agatha. I guess she did what she did because she thought the end justified the means, which is one of the oldest sucker traps of them all. About Helen? Well, now that she's no longer a suspect, could be I'm no longer building up to a big letdown with her. At least it hasn't come yet, and I'm still waiting. And the waiting is real pleasant. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, a yacht that wasn't there and a man who wasn't there. They never were. But that's where I found them. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. It is written by Robert Reif and produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Gene Tatum, Virginia Gregg, Harry Bartell, Chester Stratton, Marvin Miller, and D.J. Thompson. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.